Hello there and welcome into another edition of the Intersection Podcast with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. Coming up, you'll be hearing conversation highlights from the recent Christian Product Expo Summer 2022 show in Lexington, Kentucky. But first, another back-to-school-oriented interview was aired recently on the Meeting House program. You'll be hearing from Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls, offering Christ-centered direction on dealing with the challenges of the school year. Then it's back to Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the CPE event in Lexington. I chatted with two legendary communicators, Mike Naraki of Veggie Tales and noted children's author Amy Parker. Together they are developing resources for children that help them understand the Bible addresses them personally. And coming up on this edition of the Intersection Podcast, more conversation from the Lexington CPE event as Grace Ballantyne, who speaks frequently on college campuses, brings insight on women in the Bible and how God worked through them, giving them boldness to rise to the challenges they faced. Finally, Tina Yeager has a unique way to bring a sense of purpose and mission by being involved in craft projects that can bring encouragement and a reminder that we are God's handiwork. Then those items can be used as a means of inspiring others. She talked with me at CPE about the concept. You'll be hearing from that conversation. This is the intersection of production of The Meeting House, and I'm Bob Crittenden. Patty Garibay is founder and executive director of a character-building organization called American Heritage Girls. As my back-to-school series continues... Patty shared about some of the challenges that girls might be facing during the school year and how the principles and presence of Jesus can help them navigate those issues. Through the Raising Godly Girls initiative of that organization, resources have been made available, including an e-book called A Raising Godly Girls Guide to Tackling Eight Stressors That Girls Face Today. From a recent Meeting House conversation, this is Patty Garibay. I think we have to really be intentional in preparing the kids because it's a time of of nervousness and anxiety, and you really want your kiddos to be well-prepared. And I think, number one, set up them with good health tips to set up a routine for the homework, extracurriculars, make sure you're offering healthy meals. Start having them go to bed early now so that when they do start school, it won't be such a difficult thing to deal with the stress and anxiety, plus those early mornings that they're not used to. Making sure that their bedtime is at a good time as well, and then ensure that they have a great start each and every day. Have a great breakfast and get them going. I think secondarily, after health, is to consider their hearts. Prepare their hearts with daily prayer before they go off to school. Share a morning devotional before breakfast, or if time is tight during the drive to school, it's a perfect time. Add a special note in their lunch bag for extra encouragement through the day. Kids love those sweet notes from mom or daddy as as they go about their day. And thirdly, I think we got to consider the culture that they're going into. Um, it's been a real culture war this past year, Bob. I think you'd agree. And mm. you know, make sure that the kids know that they are there are some cultural pitfalls that your child may encounter at school. And it's maybe they, they're experiencing the use of the gender-based pronouns in school. And 
and make sure that the kids know that you want to talk to them about these things. Make sure that the, this is an open discussion time. It's not something they have to fear to tell mom, but rather be open to it. And, and I'd like to really drive your listeners to our Raising Godly Girls Guide to Gender and Identity, and that will help you to start that discussion and use a scriptural basis for that discussion. And then fourthly, have your kids have some discernment around curricula. Yes, their teacher is their authority and is teaching things, but have them have a discerning heart as to what is truth and what is aligned with Scripture and what might not be. Again, those open discussions that you want to have with your kiddo. You know, conflicts with the material are great openings to discover what curricula is being used. And John fifteen nineteen shares, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. So it is clear that the kids will be addressing issues or talking about subject matter that is not aligned with scriptural values. And fifthly, they got to have some fun. This is all heavy stuff. I'm talking about health, heart, culture, and curricula, but they have to have some fun. And let your child know that creating space for fun and new friends is an important part of the school year. Ask about how that lunchtime's going. Or they have somebody that they're sitting by. Uh, be attuned to loneliness and being by yourself on that bench at that school cafeteria. That That's no place that they want to be. Help them to explore new friendships. And also, you know, it's really great to be part of extracurriculars. And Choose your extracurriculars wisely. You know, I really believe at the end of the day, at the end of our lives, we'll be held accountable for the choices we've made. And what choices are we making for extracurriculars? Are they aligned with our values? Are they eternally impactful? Are they important to the growth and not just the, the physical growth, but also the spiritual, mental, and emotional growth? And that's where I have to do a pitch, Bob, from American Heritage Group because <laughs> Go it provides it. that, right? Yeah, it provides the character development in a scout-type program where girls can set goals. They're able to make lifelong friendships, and that's so important for a girl to thrive. They're wired for friendships, and you want to have like-minded friendships, and American Heritage Girls provides just that space for that. Patty Garibay here on The Intersection. You can find out more information about the organization by going to AmericanHeritageGirls.org. Also, the initiative Raising Godly Girls can be found at RaisingGodlyGirls.org. Well, next up on this edition of the Intersection Podcast, from Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Summer 2022 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky, Mike Naraki and Amy Parker, the co-hosts of the podcast The Bible for Kids, discussed a series of items called The Bible for Me, including the first book, Bible Stories and Prayers. Here now from that conversation are Mike Naraki and Amy Parker. There are 50 Bible stories, 25 from the New Testament, 25 from the Old Testament. Um, and uh, each story is what, maybe 300 to 450 words, something like that? And uh, each could, uh, so each has a, a setup. It sets up the theme and very personalized to a child. We go through the story and then there's a prayer at the end, which really uh, parents are able to include their children's name in the prayer. Well, Amy, I want to ask you, as you have two noted children's authors working together on one particular concept. Talk about your background, Amy, if you would, and how your, I guess your version of storytelling and your gift of storytelling really blends with this project. Um, well, first, I'm really just honored to be working with Mike. He's a legend in this world and everybody knows it. Um, but I, um, have written 
books for a long time and am just tickled to be able to blend, um, you know, my, I, I write for younger children usually, and just to blend that with Mike's sense of humor and his heart to write um, these Bible stories for kids, just to make them really know that the Bible was written for them. It's the Bible for me. We wanted each child to feel like this was their personal story. So Mike, tell me about your own storytelling gift. Obviously you were doing it for years with Veggie Tales yeah. and now through books, you, yes. you do it as well. So what do you, what do you bring to the table in well, this collaboration? Well, so yeah, so for me, storytelling has always been a very important way to convey biblical truth. This is my first Bible storybook, uh, and I, I was really excited to write it with Amy. And Amy had worked on other Bible storybooks before, so I felt really good. Like, okay, she knows what she's doing. So <laughs> um, I'm in safe hands. And so, but it was it was great. We actually started with illustrations. So um, it was a labor of love initially. Uh, we didn't have funding for this, uh, but we had an illustrator, Taylor, uh, who we, we called out, we, we, we chose our 50 stories, and then Amy and I went through and called out what illustrations we'd like to see in each of the stories. And then Taylor illustrated everything. And then we went back afterward and, and wrote, wrote the text for the story. So we could lean on the illustrations, you know, to, you know, uh, to help tell the story and not have to use so many words. So, but yeah, we really wanted to tell stories that were, you know, targeted at small kids where they could learn that, you know, the, the story of, of, of God's love for us and God's uh, plan for us um, in a way that, that connects each story of the Bible one to another and becomes a grand narrative. Mike Naraki and Amy Parker joining me today as we open up today's edition of The Meeting House here on Faith Radio as we talk about the Bible for me, Bible stories and prayers. It's the summer 2022 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky. So Amy, let's talk just a bit about the content selection. You talked about the significant role, Mike, that the illustrator, Taylor Thompson, had as far as really developing the pictures for these stories. You wrote the text around the illustrations. Tell me just a bit about the selection process. What Bible stories made the cut? <laughs> well, and as you indicated, there are a lot to choose from. Uh, there so, are. Yes. So we wanted to include... Um, you know, the classic stories so that anyone who's opening a Bible storybook would, would expect those stories for their kids. But also our main goal was to tell the whole story of the Bible, um, not leaving out any major plot points from the Bible so that the kids would walk away with this um, big picture version of the Bible and not just segmented stories. Well, Mike mentioned that you had written or you had worked on other Bible story projects. How, what makes this one distinct? I think everyone, every project that I work on, you know, you always approach it differently. You always are in a different mindset. You always have a different goal in mind. And this one was to tell the whole big story of the Bible and then just to make it feel personal for kids. And it's not like necessarily I haven't done that before, but that was our main goal and focus. And we hope that every single word points toward that goal. Amy Parker and Mike Naraki here on the Intersection Podcast. You can learn more at thebibleforme.com. This is the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more by going to meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org and clicking on the Meeting House link in the programming menu.
When you arrive at the Meeting House homepage, you will find a menu of items. You will find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection podcast and the Meeting House radio program. There are links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as its Apple Podcasts feed. Plus, you can link to video content as well. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three, with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room, with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Conversations from The Meeting House can also be found through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and other podcast platforms. Well, continuing now with this edition of the Intersection Podcast from the Summer 2022 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky, one of the speakers for the event, Grace Valentine, shared about messages and opportunities that God has given to her and discussed content related to the book, What Will They Think? Nine Women in the Bible Who Can Help You Live Your Life Boldly. From that CPE conversation, this is Grace Valentine now. I think what really inspired it was we see a lot in culture about women empowerment. And I desperately used to just not believe that the Bible could be empowering for women. I thought like, oh, that was two separate things. And then I actually read scripture and I looked at the way that Jesus like called women up and that the way God used women, he cared for women, he saw women and that women are called to live life boldly. They're not called to just be sit quiet and smile and wait on a man to do and go and tell. And so part of the reason I wrote this book was because I wanted other young women to realize that God loves women. God doesn't hate women. Scripture like calls women up and there's so many great things they can do when they realize how great their God is. And when they see their big God, they can do big things for him. And the big things won't necessarily be about being the main character or making your name known, but it'll be about making Christ's name known. And I just want people to not care what people think about them. And that's like a big point of the book. Like it's called, what will they think? Because I think a lot of times you can't be bold when you care about what people think about you. All right. Something just came to mind. You talk about women's empowerment, and we do see how Jesus, in his earthly ministry, affirmed women. We see stories throughout the Bible. You highlight some of them. You think about Queen Esther and Mm -hmm. Deborah, who was in the time of the judges, and others who were people whom God used in a powerful way. So I'd like... I know this is sounding like I, I'm putting you on the spot just a bit, but you talk about women's empowerment. What's the, what's the difference as you see it between a biblical viewpoint mm. of women being empowered to do great things for God and the whole, I, I guess, the, the secular feminist yeah. worldview? What do you see as the, the different? Obviously, there, one is biblical and one is not, but what, what yeah. do you see as the, well, the think, differences? I think this, sometimes the secular culture view, it teaches women that you have to fight to be there, you know? Uh-huh. And I think you might have to like speak yes speak up like Esther did and you might get a position like Deborah did where you have to lead a war you know or it feels like that you're leading a board meeting you're leading an exec position at college you're leading your family but I'd say the main difference is you're not stepping down on people to get there and I think Mm. nowadays somehow whether it's the way culture is it might lead to other sins that cause you to step down on 
other people, other things, even men. Um, but I also love someone in Tabitha, named Tabitha and Axe, and she's one of the nine women I talk about because I think also women empowerment, we think it means you have to go and make it all about you, you know? And mm. that's not going to get you anywhere if you're making this life about you. And Tabitha was a great example of someone who rose from the dead with Peter, and she just looked to the left and her right in her community, and she just sewed clothes for the widows and the poor. And I think so many women and even men need to hear that too that you don't have to some of us may be a deborah leading a war you know but also when you love big and when you look to your left and your right in your community and see the overlooked like that in itself is one of the most bold things you can do like it's not about making your name known about squishing anyone and there's no need to like fight for a spot at the table it's about looking for the overlooked and loving them and i think that's just sometimes what women need to hear more than the secular point and you you talked about stepping on somebody else or putting someone else down in order to get ahead and you actually touched on it and you listed some examples one of which uh, men and we see this in in the culture we even see it in the church where there there has come to be maybe to a certain extent a a power struggle Mm -hmm. and that there are women that do not feel like that they are being affirmed and not using being able to use their gifts Mm -hmm in the church. And then there are those that it seems like want to put men down in order to get ahead, if you will. Is that sort of what you were talking about? Oh, completely. And I see, it's also like, I know there's also been so many women who have been hurt by a church, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, And have been like viewed in a way that is not the way Christ viewed women. So also there's that, but there is that, it's almost like we create these boundaries in this harsh language in order, it's like a fight in response to being scared that it will be treated that way. And we don't learn to trust people um, and also trust like whether men and work alongside men, like we have to work alongside men. Like God created man and woman like to work together for the kingdom of God. And you don't need to push down a man to get there. And if anything, like God's going to rise you up organically in his timing when you're bold, when you love the overlooked, when you're listening for his voice, not the permission of someone else. And culture can sometimes sell this lie that, I feel like that we have to put other people down in order to be raised up. And that's something that Mm. I don't like that much. And I don't think anyone truly likes who's living that way. Grace Valentine here on The Intersection. You can find out more by going to gracevalentine.org. Finally, on this edition of The Intersection podcast, it's the author of the book, Upcycled, Crafted for a Purpose. Her name is Tina Yeager. And at the Summer 2022 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, She discussed the concept of God's purpose and embracing it. She also shared about how craft projects can serve as reminders of God's principles that can also be used to bless others. Here now from that conversation is Tina Yeager. Well, I went for a walk with the Lord one day in the park, and I was thinking about some things that we struggle with. And we're struggling with gathering again. And I Mm -hmm. was asking the Lord, what would help us come back together? We've gotten very used to being isolated, and many of us have not come back together again in our groups. And it's easier to stay alone. And there are a lot of people who are very reluctant to engage in groups. And the Lord showed me that crafts and activities could give someone something to center on, especially if they were mission-oriented, and you could donate those crafts to places that could benefit from the message that the craft is about. So the other thing that I was asking the Lord about is why are we so attracted to HGTV shows and upcycling shows? It's because we feel often that we're rusty. 
that we're mm. broken down, that we need to be renewed. And those kinds of activities and shows and demonstrations help us to connect with those things that are getting beautified again, that are purposeful again, that are renewed and, and lovely and livable. So we connect with those crafts. We connect with that idea that God upcycles us and we can also give those crafts to people who need that hope as well. So I'll ask this question. It might sound a little weird. Have you been a crafty person? I, in other words, someone that has has done crafts and become involved in that. Yes, I kind of dabble, <laughs> and I'm not an expert. So that's actually a good thing for audiences to know. These are not things that require you to be an expert crafter All right. in order to accomplish <laughs> An example or two, please. I have a mosaic mirror. So you can take broken pieces of your life, or if your life hmm. feels entirely broken, and look at that mirror when you finished it and realize that God uses those broken pieces and makes them into something that's a beautiful masterpiece of artwork for his kingdom. So tell me about the process once someone has an idea, something that can actually minister to the person who is putting these craft projects together, how does that then become a tool or an avenue of ministry to others? Well, for example, we have the mosaic mirrors. You could take those as a Bible study group or a book club and donate them to a domestic violence shelter where people feel their lives are broken, but they can look at themselves in that mirror and remember brokenness can be made into a beautiful story. Well, Tina Yeager is joining us today here at the Beating House on Faith Radio. It is the Christian Product Expo, the summer 2022 show in Lexington, Kentucky. Well, as we begin to wrap up our conversation today, Tina, we talk about these matters of identity, these matters of feeling perhaps discarded ourselves. And you, of course, in this book, you're going to be talk, or you're going to be talking about this this whole notion of upcycling and experiencing renewal in Christ, and also ministering to other people. So, what have you found in your dealings with people that are suffering from, say, this this loneliness and isolation? This obviously is one tool that people can use to to deal with isolation. What are some of the other keys that people can experience as far as really being able to overcome this this feeling of isolation, maybe even being held back from re-engaging with other people again? Well, one of the chapters is called Homebody to Hug Sharer, and it talks <laughs> about how getting out of our own loneliness to reach out actually helps us overcome loneliness when we reach out to those who need help and need a smile and need a hug and need to know that they matter. That helps us feel less lonely. So the craft is actually taking either a tracing of your hand or some mittens and adding verses that link together to make a big hug that you can send or give to someone. Tina Yeager here on the intersection. Her website address is Tina Yeager, Y-E-A-G-E-R dot com. Well, we are nearing the end of this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast. It's a weekly production of The Meeting House, and you can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or the programming section at faithradio.org. Through The Meeting House homepage, you can find a link to the Media Center where you can listen to or download full conversations with recent guests 
featured on the Intersection podcast as well as the Meeting House radio program. You can find links to the Intersection, to the Media Center, as well as its Apple podcast feed. You can also find links to video content. Plus, you can find links to two blogs. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. Also, you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Thanks for joining me for this edition of The Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.